What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. What's up, guys? Hope all is well with you. Hope all is well. Uh, we were just on here right yesterday, last night, for the for the uh, Michigan-Wisconsin reaction. We were going to be on here tomorrow after the Michigan State-Ohio game. Not Ohio, but Iowa game. Um, but that looks like it was going to be postponed. And that was a game where if you are a Michigan fan, I'm not saying that you always root for Michigan State, but you wouldn't mind them dropping off Iowa because I believe if I look at the numbers, every team would have at least two losses uh, except for Michigan. So they had two COVID – Michigan State has had two COVID positives. Um. It was Steven Izzo and Mati Sissoko. And I believe they were roommates. I believe they were roommates. And because of that, I think that they weren't going to they weren't going to postpone this game. But then there was another I believe there was another positive today. Uh they didn't disclose who it was, I don't believe. But um but looks like that that positive today caused the Michigan State Iowa game to be postponed to a later date, which is interesting. How do you guys feel about this hire, this uh, Mike Hart hire? And can someone please explain the Zordich deal? Because he was the lead recruiter and the cornerbacks coach. Wasn't he in on the uh, on the two big defensive backs from the twenty twenty two class? I want to say. Am I doing okay? Um, not really, man. Not really. It's been kicking my ass. Not gonna lie. I was real close, real close last night to uh, going to the hospital. I think that I could, like, it was really hard to breathe last night. It like it like comes up on you quick too. Comes it it comes up on you so quick, so so quick. But I've been doing these breathing exercises um, that have. um, I think that they've been helping to to uh, keep my lungs expanded um but this thing sucks like it sucks 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 it really sucks but i've been downing gatorade like crazy and uh, i've been taking tylenol and all that temperature hasn't been bad it hasn't been terrible like i've been steady around like 102 point 
seven, roughly. So it it hasn't really gone to like one hundred four, one hundred five, like anything nuts. But it's been hanging around like one hundred two, one one hundred three. But this this thing sucks, and I have no clue where I got it from. How many days have I had it? Uh, I've had it. Uh, I got tested. I got tested yesterday morning. I want to say yes, yesterday morning. I got tested for it, and uh, they they uh, did the one where they stick that thing up up into your uh, 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 sinuses. But it was, uh, I think I started getting it like on, on like Sunday. I started feeling, you know, when you could like feel yourself get sick, like you could like feel it. You, you, you could feel something coming on. Uh, I had that on like Sunday, had on Sunday. But then it was, uh, and then Monday night, Monday night, like, like it was bad. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, thank God tested in. Yeah. Butt kicker, bro. Butt kicker, bro. I haven't had the headaches. I haven't had the bad headaches yet. I haven't had that symptom. I haven't had that, but it was hard to breathe though. I got taste. I do have taste, which is nice. Um, but it's, but it's weird. It's weird. Like I could only taste certain, certain things. Like I just had dinner. Like I couldn't really taste that, but I could drink a Gatorade and I could taste the flavor of that. I don't know. It's, it's very, very strange. It's very strange. Josh, what's up, man? Yo, so, um, can we flip a little bit more into the, uh, talk with Mike Hart signing? Like, what do you think he's going to bring, like, to Michigan football and everything? I'm, I'm more, I mean, like, I'm excited that he's coming back right. and everything, but I'm more, uh, wondering what you think he's going to bring. Yeah, for sure. So, for one, I like, um, I like the fact that, I like the youth. That's one thing. I like the youth. I agree. Um, the second thing that I like is that uh, if you look at Indiana's uh, Indiana's carries, you know they really go with one main back, and then they have other guys sprinkled in too. But um, they really went with like one main back. And at Michigan, there was. Usually two main guys getting the carries. Um, outside of like Karan Hignan that one year. Yeah. But there's usually like two guys getting the carries. And then this past year you saw Haskins was the best guy, but the carries weren't yeah. distributed in that way. Yeah. I, I, I saw your tweets about Alabama about how they're like, oh, there's three main guys that they give it to. And then you look at Michigan's game against Michigan State where there was like 14 guys in the box score <laughs> where there's like, Way too many, and exactly. it's like Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, 
Like that's what I'm. Yeah, you think that the that's what's gonna like switch to at Michigan? I I don't know hope. because that's hope. You hope so. I mean, you yeah. hope it's you know you know what your weapons are, and don't overcomplicate things. Is one, um, and don't try to please everybody because if you try to please everybody, you please no one. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I just think that they have to I, identify who their who their top guys are. One. Um, and that's what you should be working with. If someone goes down, mm-hmm. if someone goes down, it's next man. Someone up. steps up. Yeah. Someone exactly. steps up. Exactly. Do you like think that's why Tyreek Hill was so unhappy at Michigan as well? And why he transferred is because he felt like he was one of the guys who just didn't get distributed to enough because obviously Michigan last like three years, I think is, uh, more apparent where they just didn't give it to their main guys. Like we wasted Nico's Colin, Nico Collins's college career, basically in my, in my eyes. Uh, Do you think that's why he transferred? And good for him. No, me like Nico Collins went to the NFL draft. Yeah. Are you talking about Tarek Black? Yeah, no, I'm saying, I think we wasted Nico's Collins uh, like college career, but like Tyreek Hill or Tyreek Black, sorry was one of those guys where he was that good where we could have just like kind of focused on him in an offensive scheme kind of surrounded around that where he's like main option and then you know he had the years where he was injured or whatever but he was good enough to be very very good in a in an offensive system that like was working for him but he just never got that do you think that's why he transferred no i think with with uh Tariq Black, it was more than just a football issue. I think it was a locker room issue. I think it was, um, I think it was a work ethic thing. I'm, I'm not trying to bash the kid, but um, you saw the Ohio State game where it is, I believe, third down, and he doesn't fight for an extra yard. And I remember that, yeah. So it, I just think it was – if you look at those first few games in his freshman year, you thought that, you know, we were on the cusp of something special, right? Uh-huh. Um, but he ended up getting hurt, and I'm not sure what that did to his mental. And um, it was actually a good thing that he did transfer because, you know, sometimes you 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 just need that, that just new start, you know, a breath of fresh air, but he went down there and it sounds like um, a lot of those same issues kept popping up where, you know, he was in the doghouse already. And uh, I'm not sure if it was a work ethic thing. I'm not sure if it was, uh, you know, not being a good teammate thing, but um, the same issues that he had in his last year or two at Michigan, um, uh, he had down there at Texas. So I don't think that was a Michigan deal. I just think that that was a kid who him, him um, deal. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kind of got in his own way, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I have one final question before, you know, I get off, uh, with, um, to, to transition to basketball. Um, how real do you think this undefeated season is so far? Because, uh, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten very excited in, you know, in the past years before about teams and this one looks pretty good. I think Shawnee Brown is 
one of the players that I think is very like a glue guy to me, at least in my eyes, where he like he comes in impacts immediately. But like, how real do you think it is? Because I know you're a former basketball player and everything. How real do you think this team actually is? Uh, they're pretty real, and they had, you know, I've said this bef- before. Um, because of the build of their team, they had the perfect schedule for them. Um, they weren't throwing it in the fire too early with mm-hmm. guys who, you know, they already came in with a different background. You know, they had, they have two seniors coming in, transferring in who didn't win at their old schools. Yeah. Two guys who've never been four and to, to a start a season. Then they're going to join two other seniors who have played in a national championship game. Mm-hmm. You know, those are two different college experiences joining together in their fourth year. That's one. Two, you have um, a freshman coming in, 7'2", 250. Uh, Insane, yeah. You know, replacing a senior in John Teske, um, who has won a lot of games at Michigan. Um, but, yeah, so you have a freshman come in like that, and then you have all these new pieces, and you, 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 have, you have to gel. I mean, there's a reason they, you know, they – they struggled a bit against Bowling Green. There's a reason why mm-hmm. they struggled against Oakland. Oakland, yeah. And, you know, it's good that they played those teams at the time that 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 they did, because uh, they probably lose if they play better teams on that yeah. day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the schedule has really allowed them to grow uh, and grow together and learn how to win. And um, the bumps that they've had in these games it's a lot easier to have those bumps and win because you un- understand like how 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 quickly you could you know drop a game just because uh, you didn't come in focused or anything like that. But um, it's for real. It's for real. Um, but they have played what three ranked teams in in a row. They have a fourth mm-hmm. one coming up in Minnesota. Um, and that's not going to stop because it's the Big Ten, and that's just how these yeah. how the uh, conference is going to be pretty much for the rest of the year. So, yeah, it's for and, real. But it's and like last a, night, like, it, it, I think it was last night where you guys talked about how they seem more like not they don't seem like a Big Ten team, and how right. that like gives such a big impact. I was I like as soon as you guys said that I was like oh my god that makes so much sense because they yeah it, that's exactly what I was kind of like thinking watching all of them and it was super cool to like lit I mean that was a very good point so yeah I don't know yeah man they come off more as like um yeah more of like uh I'm not gonna say an NBA team but they come off more of like I think you guys said ACC really and Big good, East. Those really good ACC teams yeah. back in the day um, where you have talent, you have seniors who have won, uh, you have guys who embrace their roles, um, and just a really good overall team where, you know, offensively all you're doing is running concepts and just letting talent just do their thing. When in the in the Big Ten – Everything is based off of plays and structure and and all this, yeah. um, and more old school on flavor, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I wanted to talk about. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate you, man. Let's get Dennis in here. What's up, Dennis? Hey, Coach, man. I think it's um, 
I'm really excited about Mike Hart. He was one of the guys when Harbaugh first took over the job. But it's good that he got some more experience and he didn't pout about it. And he didn't bash Harbaugh in the media and really just kept grinding it out and got the Indiana job cool. and just kept doing what he had to do. I was, I was really excited about that because what other way for Michigan all-time leader Russia, and he's still young. And one thing about Mike Hart, like his last name, he played with the most heart. And I feel like at times that's been questions that I have about this team, where is they heart at and everything. So I'm really excited to see D. Edwards, the future of the running backs, to be able to play for this man. And somebody that understands how important the rivalry, the rivalry games are and everything. I'm with you there, man. Uh, I think that those are those are good points, one. Two, to, to kind of piggyback off that, um, him being in the running back room, now you have guys who are going to look at him a little bit differently. Uh, I'm not sure who was the – was it Jay Harbaugh was the old RB coach? Right. He, You know, he's been moving around. So, Every time they hire a new coach, he just get moved around to another position. He get moved to something else. Okay, so now – the running back room is going to see someone who not only competed in college at a high level, um, but they also did their thing too. And, um, you know, the words hit a little different uh, when you have someone like Mike Hart telling you something and believing in you um, than if, uh, you know, someone who never played that position did. And, um, and I think that's also going to help with recruiting as well because what Michigan hasn't put a, a running back, has not had a drafted running back since when? Since well, Mike Hart himself? Mike Hart and Chris Perry. Yeah, it's been a while. Oh, it's, what, Smith, it's been a Smith got picked up in free agency with it for Miami Dolphins at one point. But outside that. I just, it's tough. <laughs> if you count, I mean, if you count Denard, possibly. <laughs> right, right. But I can't even, I can't even count that because I think he was listed as a wide receiver, right? I want right. to say. But yeah. then I think they converted him into an, a running back when he got to the league. Um, what about, too, seeing a Lloyd Carr guy get in there? I'll be hearing a lot of talks about how Lloyd Carr guys, don't mess with hardball guys, and to see a Lloyd, a Lloyd Carr guy get a job. And then I seen on Twitter today, I seen Charles Wilson uh, tweet uh, what Marcus Ray is still up, I think, uh, about getting the safety position job. Who getting that job? <laughs> Marcus Ray. Like, it's on Charles Wilson uh, Twitter. He tweeted the Michigan football account. What? Yes, Charles Wilson been going up. Yeah, Charles Wilson said uh, you got to go in there. I'll try to find it. Yeah, he he tagged him in it and everything. Yeah, he said, he said have them call Marcus Ray, Sam Webb, Michigan football, 10 hours ago for the defensive back. What? Coaching search. Yeah, it's right, it's right up. It got like 300. Marcus Ray been trashing No, Marcus Harbaugh, Ray. Charles Wilson, Charles Wilson said have them call Marcus Ray for the defensive job, the defensive cornerback, defense uh, backs coaching job. No, no, but Correct me if I'm wrong. Like Marcus Ray has been trashing the program, though, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, how are you gonna trash the program for for a few years and then 
like walk in there and work for him. And that's what I've been learning about Michigan. It seems like some of these players are mad off a no that they got from Harbaugh in the past or or from the university they got a no. And then they try to clean it up and one in at the same time. I don't know, I've been confused. Yeah, man. I don't even know. So so they're saying in the chat that um that Mike Hart gave sixty percent of the carries to one back last year at Indiana. Uh Matt Burns just said that. And I think that's um I think that's I think that's gonna be something else where, you know, he's gonna have to work with Gaddis and if they bring in a co OC um, because that's not just Mike Hart, in my opinion. I think that also has something to do with the offensive coordinator as well and what they want. And, you know, you, you have to think, uh, like, like, as the running backs coach, like, are you in charge of who comes in and who comes out during the game? and which packages and all that, or are you just position coaching? And who is the one to overrule the other when it comes to these uh, packages? Is it more the OC or is it the, or, or is it the backs coach? Yeah. I think we're going to have more of a concrete answer as you, as Harbaugh could continue to build out this staff as a co-OC. Cause then we'll be able to see like, okay, this person calling the offense because I think Mike Hart just basically going to be in charge of developing his back, like you said, positioning coach and stuff. He's not going to be determined like he's about to get the 25 carries because the offensive coordinator is going to be calling the plays. It might be a pass or, you know, it might be two passes going into third down. You never know without whoever the offensive coordinator is going to be. So I think that's going to play a big part. But I do see, from looking at this, Michigan seems like they have a concrete plan. Harbaugh know who his staff that he's reaching out to. And... That's one thing I see that he got down packed. I think he got his plan of who his staff want. And it seemed like a couple of them was in the NFL that's in the playoffs right now, too. Facts. Derek with the jokes. I'm sitting here thinking, like, Taylor Anderson. I'm like, who was that? I'm like, Taylor Anderson. <laughs> right. Where they coach at? And then you said she excels. And I'm like, oh, Okay, we got a blonde Kardashian, <laughs> blonde Kardashian getting the mention. Is there somebody that oh, you want in, like on the staff that's not on the staff that you think they should consider hiring? Um, I just need to know what happened with Zordich. Yeah, that's crazy. We got so much stuff that we just don't know what happened, huh? Like, I don't know how that came about um, with letting him go. But, 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 but I do like the fact that they have gone to more of a, to more of a youth approach and uh, a different type of, a different type of energy and, um, uh, I think moving forward, I think uh, that'll be great, especially when it comes down to recruiting. And Matt also said, um, 
Matt also just said that uh, Jay Harbour was uh, a decent recruiter as well, which he was. You know, they have had some decent backs, but they have to take those backs and develop them into monsters. And I just haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I honestly, I'm trying to. I might go catch the Diamond Edwards game this week. They play um, Belleville this week in the uh, semifinals or something in high school. But Diamond Edwards, I feel like the one. I don't see some of him. He got that. He got that. Oh, like he got that um, Mike Harden him, like that swagger that you just can't teach. You know how some players, you coach them up, and you know some players just a dog. All you got to do is give them the ball, and he's just going to be a culture changer. That's what yeah. I got about Diamond Edwards and stuff. Hackins and all them, they nice, but they, even Charbonnet, it's like they're cute, but I don't feel like they're the one like I've been feeling like Diamond Edwards. Kind of like how Najee Harris was. I'm not saying he as good as Najee was, because that's just a grown man, but it's just that that grownness about him where I'm better than you. I'm going to run you over. My team ain't losing today. Just give me the ball, 25 carries, and something <laughs> good going to happen. <laughs> Has Zach Charbonnet trans- transferred? Not officially no. yet or no? Not that I, I don't believe so. Yeah, not that I know. Interesting. That would, that would probably be big, big 10 news if so. Now, does he does he stay because of Mike Hart, or he got his mind made exactly. up? I was about to ask the same thing. I don't even know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I just, I just don't, I just don't like the fact that they just because you piss off everybody by giving all these players little bit of carries here and there. Like, either give carries or don't give them carries. Like, don't tease them. You know what I mean? And I don't know. to bring up that point, not to cut you off, but the Minnesota game, he, he breaks out on the first play he get in, and then he doesn't see the field ever again. <laughs> that just don't make sense. <laughs> was it 75 yards first play and then like 20 the rest he of the season? He should have had 200 like, yards that crazy. game. He should have had 200-something yards that game. That's crazy. That's crazy. So they but, said that uh, get Sheridan uh, – Get shared in the passing game coordinator. Isn't that dropping? Isn't that like dropping down? Because he's because he does. He's the he's the OC at Indiana, right? I believe so. I mean, like, would, would that be less than a? That would would even be a lateral move if he became co OC, right? But I think how I think how Harbaugh got it set up now. It seemed like he's willing to push people over and saying, Gaddis, I'm bringing him in. You're going to be the wide receiver coach and co-offensive coordinator with the next move he do, whether it's Joe Moorhead at Oregon or whoever he bringing in. They's basically going to be like the main OC, and Gaddis going to be working hand-in-hand with him. Gotcha. I wonder if in Harbaugh's contract they gave more money to the assistants. I think absolutely. That's what I think. Even though people was laughing that he went down to four million, but I think that gave him more room for the coaches and the game plan to hire the right staff to again give you another chance to put your staff together. Yeah, because Kyle said that Mike Hart was a, was associate head at Indiana. 
I got a question too. Do y'all think this is set up too for Mike to move up at Michigan too? Now I'm saying be like maybe ten years from now be the head coach or assistant coach or I don't think they're in a spot to even have anything in place like that. (laughs) Yeah, we have one. (laughs) You know what I mean? Facts, facts. Like you know, like it's not like a San Diego State basketball deal where you know, Steve Fisher goes there and he's doing legendary things and then they have a coach in waiting um, because that's just how things are. But where Michigan football is, they, you know, you, we don't even know who the coach is in five years. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'll, okay, I'll get, I'll get you. I agree with you on that. I'm interested to see do we get more here from Oregon because he did work with Gaddis at Penn State. So Gaddis and him will probably work good together since they already had history working with each other at Penn State together. Wait, who now? Uh, Joe Moorhead at Oregon. Man, are they still trying to get him or no? I heard rumors, but I don't know. I don't know what's true out here. So. I heard they got in mind. They wish to a staff that they trying to put together, but he was one of them that I keep seeing come up. Gotcha. The only thing about Moorhead is one of those either Worthy or Jackson said something on their on their uh, IG live or um or their Snapchat. They said they said something about how they didn't want Moorhead Moorhead and 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 if they came if he came to, to Michigan then like um they wouldn't like that or something. I don't know. Something crazy. And what about the defensive position too? I I was disappointed that we couldn't get Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame snack no up. He was on my wish list. Uh, yeah, yeah guys, I think the Moorhead stuff's pretty dead. Like I know it's like Sam Webb's reported that there's nothing there and I think Chris Ballas said some stuff today about about him uh, not coming. Gotcha, gotcha. That's fine with me. That's fine with me. Um, and do you guys know the status of Z- of Xavier Worthy? Because he was supposed to be an early enrollee, and was he having issues with um with getting into school, or what's the deal there? Uh, I think it's kind of unclear. Um, Again, Sam said that, like, if he was to bet on it, he'd say that he's not going to enroll early, but he'll still end up in Michigan. But, you know, the longer that type of stuff goes, the more I think that he won't end up here. But it's hard for me to say just because he on his story so Michigan heavily and saying don't believe what I believe. He is on his story posting all the new team, like JJ and all them, and they're all in tech, like Donovan Edwards came out and said, like, Harbaugh got my back and supported me to continue my state playoffs. Uh, and then I, after I finished my football season, I'm heading straight to Ann Arbor. So it's like there's so much stuff out there. It's hard to take. And then you see one thing on social media, it could get ran with that he's not coming at all. But really, he's still going to protocol. Yo, Caleb, what are you talking about? Do you see what K- uh, Caleb just said? He said he heard something about Gaddis oh, and Xavier Lord. Word all these <laughs> I have a little <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> that, 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 
if that's the, if that's the, what's going on, then I think uh, I think Gaddis might be out. <laughs> <coughs> he, he did, Gattis, he did say that the Michigan recruit on since his freshman year. <laughs> hey man, anything to keep the recruits. <laughs> what, what, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. But yeah, is I that s- the equivalent of Harbaugh? I swear he's over married. Wait, what? Um, I said, I said, is that the equivalent of Harbaugh sleeping at kids' houses? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Nah. laughs> nah, but he's married, though. Yeah, with kids. <laughs> married with kids. Yeah, we don't we don't want a Zach Smith situation with, with Trouble in Paradise. <laughs> but, uh, so, really, this is for, like, a, a question for, like, Everybody in the chat, really, as in with Mike Hart coming, do you believe that this is going to help boost the confidence with players also wanting to come to Michigan offensively? Like we since Mike Hart, we really haven't had any offensive weapons. Do you think that he also gives that boost for the rest of the offense recruitment? Yeah, so so I will say this about Mike Hart, like it is good to get guys like him in the building. Like, there there needs to be a little bit more swagger. There needs to be a little bit more, like, we're Michigan, damn it, in the building. And I think he's definitely that guy. And obviously, he, he hasn't – I mean, he's had some good running backs at Indiana. But I think, you know, Donovan Edwards will probably be the most talented he sees. Um, but I think just, like, overall, he's a good fit as a running backs coach. You know, I think it was mentioned before I came in here about him, like, potentially being promoted. And, I mean, like, maybe one day. But, like, right now, like, I think as far as, like, a um like a, just as a staff member i think it's a really good fit like very similarly to like when when michigan got devin bush senior like that was a guy who like a lot of the people in the program really liked and um obviously like had some cachet to him um so like getting those type of guys in the building maybe not as a coordinator role but as like just regular staffers i think is is obviously good for the program yeah i also think it's um good too just because two people forget uh, Diamond Edwards uh, is um, somebody Mike Hart recruited. He just wasn't coming to Indiana because it was a smaller program. <laughs> so he's familiar with some of these running backs that Michigan have already because he tried to recruit some of them at a smaller school and stuff. And I think it's important that they got on just for the high school community too in Michigan and stuff because you got teams like Belleville who's anti-Michigan now. And just just Mike Hart understanding like what type of running back you need to win. A oh, horse. I'm sure Blake Corum's going to be excited about yeah. this. Yeah, you need a dart. You need a horse. And then talent wise, I feel like they had uh, offensive studs from Nico Collins to obviously Tariq Black them pan out. They had um, Diamond People, John Ronnie Bill. It's just the fact our player de- player development and offensive schemes maybe just didn't work out. And I think part of it was because of like quarterback play. Because you're running, you can have a running back, but you got to have a quarterback too. A running back is your quarterback best friend. So what I like here is that with JJ and Edwards coming, then we got a running back coach and stuff. Now we got to hire our quarterback coach because they kind of like go together. So this is a step. I think it's going to be so much other stuff goes into play to get those results. Though it's not just going to be the running back coach because the running back running back coach is just a positioning coach. Do you, do you okay, think there's so. anything to this? Do you think there's anything to this Ryan Day to the Eagles stuff? Uh, no, 
Nah. No, I don't, I don't think I so. hope it, but no. I hope so. I hope so. But knowing Ohio State, they'll just get a better coach in there. <laughs> Isn't that sick? <laughs> Which is ridiculous. Brian Day's probably get a, a pay increase for turning it down anyways. <laughs> yeah, the Eagles got a crazy wish list like Lincoln Riley. They got a heck of a wish list, so I mean the Eagles are crazy. big they're a big NFL brand. Like I, I think you know, I think they should go head hunting like that. Also, uh, someone had a question. Did Mike Hart beat o- Ohio State? He never did. No. Um, he never beat Ohio State. But um, those were like that two, That 2006 game was one of the best games that I, I've seen as um, just like watched. Because there was so I much I mean, 2005 was crazy too. A lot of people forget about 2005. Um, the anti yeah, catch. Yeah, man. But, like, they were in pretty much every game. So, like, no, didn't beat him. But, you know, he wasn't out, out here getting 30-balled. Okay, so I know I can't be the only one. When I first seen the Mike Hart signing, it was more so, like, finally we're getting firepower, somebody with passion about the big games and the rivalry games. I feel like that's one thing that's missing from Michigan that just – me growing up seeing this, like I always seen it. It's like it's gone since Harbaugh has like just I'm since I wouldn't say failed them, but hasn't progressively gotten better each season. Like it's gone the past two seasons. And I feel like he'll bring that back just for the whole team. Like the aspect of running out, smacking the banner and all like I feel like he'll bring that energy that we seen with his teams when he played. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I'm with that because watching Alabama and these teams play, they got the team first. Yeah, the NFL there, but it seemed like our players that's been coming here just been happy just to go to the league and haven't been all in with the coaching staff. So that's why Harbaugh high end Mike Hart, I felt was a good move and is a good look just because we got to get people to buy into the culture and want to build a new culture here. But committing to the team instead of committed to, oh, I'm trying to make it to the league, stuff the stats, or my stats not down, I'm not blocking because I didn't get the ball, all the little stuff, and just buying to the team. Yeah, I definitely think that. I mean, Harp was a fiery, fiery player. I remember him, and even seeing him on the sidelines at Indiana, you could tell that he had a real deep emotional connection to his players that he was with, and you could see that they had the ability to kind of like look them in the eye and like create that connection there. And I thought that Josh Gaddis was going to bring that, but he seems like a pretty reserved guy, actually. He's not really fiery. And, of course, we know Harbaugh himself is um, is pretty subdued. So I definitely think that putting some more uh, lightning rods on the sideline will help to some of those moments where we're all looking at. I know that we were discussing during some games where it's like it just looks like nobody's really kind of, like, plugged in. Um, so I think that'll be good. I also love the tradition element. I think, you know, it's – it's. I think at this moment we kind of had this juncture where it seemed like Michigan could be going in a totally different direction. It looks like they're kind of doubling down. Um, part of me was disappointed, but um, and seeing it doubling down in this way, um, in a way in which you're kind of bringing in someone who's younger, who's going to bring some enthusiasm, who's going to be able to reach directly into the communities that we need to be um, really actively and recruiting in. We need to win the state of Michigan every year, and so I, I hope that Mike Hart can help with that. 
And um, also just, yeah, I do think that someone you were over talking about earlier, like just having a running backs coach set to me, that's one of those positions where the guy has to have done the job well to, to have, to really be able in this day and age to get through to kids. Cause especially if someone's like exceptionally talented, like a Donovan Edwards, like, you know, he's needing refinement points at this point and then he's needing like situational expertise. And that's what I hope my heart can bring to, to the table. So I'm excited about the hire. You know, I was, to be honest, I was kind of, on I really wanted Harbaugh to go, but there was no other better option. It seems like um, the process was real stretched out, so I didn't like that. But you know, if they're going to go make some decisive decisions. Go ahead. If right after the playoffs end, we see some other nice um, additions to the to the staff, then that'll be a nice um, sort of book into a great recruiting class. I mean, they need to they need to hit the transfer portal hard. And I mean, I think if he could learn anything from Jawan, is that the the impact that some of these like grown 22, 23 year old men can have on a roster is huge. And so, I mean, if they're not pulling in two, three, four transfers, um, you know, I don't think he's doing his. Hey, uh, just a piggyback on Ryan Day to uh, Philly. I wouldn't touch the Philly job with a 10 foot pole if I was any head coach after what they did to Peterson. Uh, that was, that was a whole crazy. I can't wait till it comes out how that all happens because you know it's going to come out. It looked like Peterson blew the game under the direction of the front office and then they fired him. So I wouldn't touch uh, the, the Philly job. So I don't think that day's going anywhere. Um, but if Urban gets hired, I do think he's going to take some people off that staff, which uh, has helped Day on the defensive side. I think Larry Johnson may be a candidate that he may reach back to go get. So that's what I that's what yeah. I would think. You see, Do you think it's lame that we're hoping that Ohio State gets worse, honestly? Like, is that, I mean, does that they, feel they like resignation have, to you? No, they're going to steal. They'll lose Larry Johnson. They'll go get the best D-line coach available in college football. I mean, <laughs> that's just who they are. Hey, Darnell, you see Alabama uh, – you see Stark – at Texas took uh, Alabama office alignment coach with on to Texas. Today. Yeah, but that doesn't matter for Nick Saban because he just reloads. <laughs> I mean, look but, at his. T- I mean, he he has people that are former head coaches that come to his to come to Alabama and be analysts. So he'll just reload. The, the hey, thing look, with, with Ashley's point though is that like, yeah, I mean, I think I think in order for Michigan to get to Ohio State's level, like Ohio State needs to take a step down. Like I I don't think Michigan how they're currently comprised can like get to that level like they had an opportunity in like 2016 and they didn't they didn't take advantage of it and then now like Ohio State's like taking five steps forward and Michigan's taking two steps back like we're not going to be able to catch them unless like they take a step back like it's not going to be able to happen at this point yeah I'd agree with that Everybody, everybody agrees with that that this is the, the distinction is just too great at this point unless Ohio State falters well Ohio yeah. State start a new quarterback next year in the Big Ten, even though we look so bad, I'm not saying it's going to be us, but the Big Ten is going to be like, if you're going to do something, try to do it next year. I mean, they're bringing Man, the number be- one quarterback in the country in a couple of years. I mean, they, they're they they're going to be good. They're going to be good for a long time. Yeah, I, I was just about to, I was about to bring that point up. Like, bro, they reload at all the positions. And to be real with you, everybody on this panel right now, I'm pretty sure can agree Let's just be real. If we'd have played in the national championship game, God forbid, the same thing. Alabama's on a different level, right? 
and they made Ohio State look childish. Pedestrian. I was actually making very... jokes. Huh? Made them look pedestrian. Yeah, I, I was actually making jokes. I was like, hey, did they hit up did did, did Madison and the, <laughs> and them hit up Don Brown and was like, hey, how, how did you defend Alabama last year? And Don Brown just gave them bad information because it just looked like every time Alabama had the ball, they wanted to score. They was like, all right, we're just going to walk down the field and score. That's the first time they looked like a number 11 team. <laughs> they made them look like a number 11 team that day. It was pretty ugly. I mean, it wasn't a good showing for them. I, I was, I hate both those schools so much that I was like, I'm always torn. Like, but Ohio State falls at the bottom of the hierarchy of any school I would ever root for. But in that instance, I was like, well, I do want them because I live in Atlanta, so people are always talk shit about the Big Ten. But that didn't help us at all. But Ashley, I noticed something <laughs> out that game that Harbaugh had going for in the 2016 game that Alabama used against Ohio State. They confused their defense with their formation switch, they for the NFL formations and lining up and disguising their coverages and stuff. And I felt like Ohio State couldn't adjust. They couldn't identify nobody off the ball. Now, they definitely looked uh, befuddled. Yeah, you could tell that those simple just switches just had them kind of like bewildered out there. It was like it was actually kind of beautiful to see Ohio State look so hapless. Oh, it was great. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do, I do want to ask anybody that watched because I stopped after the second, second, uh, second game this year. But from the two games that I did see, especially the Minnesota game, I saw some plays that Alabama ran that I've seen Michigan run. Now, I'm, not, I don't know if it's that we just don't run it to the same execution as Alabama. But I saw some, like, motion plays. I was like, hey, they did that against Minnesota. And then we didn't see it anymore. It's like, what is going on? Was that was that the war? Because it seemed like Gaddis had, like, it seemed like there was some type of, of lock, lock, padlock on the playbook this year where it seemed like we started off kind of with a little bit more flexibility and freedom and a little bit more um, energetic offense. And then it kind of just went to, like, these really bad checkdowns. Like I, I think the Michigan yeah. State game ruined them. I think it absolutely ruined everybody's confidence and it made everybody question things. Because, I mean, you can go back and watch the highlights from that Minnesota game, and they, they really are, like, it, it looks like a different team. Like, they're running Milton, like, effectively. Like, the, the, the offensive line looked awesome. And then, like, that the, the Michigan State game happens, and it's like, all right, like, let's just throw everything we did against Minnesota out the window. Yeah, I agree with you, Drake. Uh, go back to the very first play they ran for Blake Curl, where he motions out and he gets like 15 yards on the play. Look at that play and then go look at the Devontae Smith touchdown. It's the exact same play. <laughs> it's the exact same play. It's just yeah. we did we stopped running it. And part of it, man, some of this stuff's kind of simple as this quarterback play. When you go, when your quarterback's not making that read, it's not like when Harbaugh was calling the offense in early 2015, 16 or whatever, when it's a play action and your quarterback knows it's a play action, I just got to hit him. With Gaddis offense, like you got to go through your reason. No, like I'm, draw, I'm like drawing them that way and you got to be able to make this throw or make this play and to be precise with the ball and precise with it. And I feel like the Alabama players, they knew exactly what their job was and their role was, and they ran, they executed. That, that was flawless. But us, it's like, hmm, should I throw it in the middle? Should I hit him on the out route? It's just be- I don't think that um, Joe Milton has any chance at starting this year. Is he going to transfer? I just hope. 
Yeah, that's what I thought. But I, I mean, I just hope that they don't throw. I understand what everybody about to say. Number five, whatever he is, I just hope they don't throw JJ to the wolves and ruin him before he even gets started. Yeah, right. Please. Make him the Messiah of the program, ruin him, and then we're looking at this again, saying, "Oh my God, like we." Do we have the quarterback of the future or not? Like, give him some. You time. kidding me? That's a Michigan tradition, Darnell. <laughs> yeah, you're Michigan right. We'll, we'll have Heisman post top the new guy. We'll have Heisman posters up. <laughs> we'll have Heisman posters up the first week of the season. Yeah, because when Chad Henney started as a freshman, it was so much infrastructure in place that he was able to sell. We had Braylon Edwards. You got Mike Hart. You got the running game, Chris Perry at the time before Mike Hart. So it's just like so much different court, like stuff was in place for him to start as a freshman. I'm with you on that one. Bro, even look at Cade this year. Like Cade had that great game and everyone's like, oh, we found our quarterback. And then the next game he gets like split in half. What's the, what's the prognosis though for actual like the season next year? With all of COVID mm. and everything still seeming to be, I have no idea. Right I don't think anybody knows yet. I think, they, I think the NCAA is going to cross their bridge when they get there. I think right now they're focused on basketball, which is important because yeah. they haven't even gotten that all the way. It's kind of looking mean, ugly in basketball right now. I feel like, yeah, it's starting yeah. to. It, it's no way a team should fly to a school. And then find out when they get there that they're not playing the game because of COVID. That's unacceptable. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a difference between football, and basketball, because you playing once a week on Saturday versus basketball got more games on like a Wednesday than you play a turnaround play on Saturday. It's so many games and travel included. Do you think? I think the hardest thing is these like these delayed positive tests. I think are are really the hardest thing because like like earlier today like was announced that Michigan State had a couple players on their basketball team test positive, and I was like, well, they, they got to cancel the game. Like they can't play it. And for a while, like it looked like they were still going to end up playing it, and then they ended up canceling it. But like the fact is, is like when when like you test people and you, you get a negative test, and people are like, oh, I tested negative, I'm good to go. Like that's not how it works. Like, I have friends who have tested positive after, like, testing negative, like, a couple times in a row. And, like, all right, like, what? Like, if you get a negative test, like, you can just act like everything's good? Like, you can't do that. Hey, Caleb, just to – just to, I understand it might be a sarcasm, but no way do we have the same talent that Trevor Lawrence had at Clemson when he walked in the door to it. No nope. talent. <laughs> we ain't got that talent, but – Nope. Oh, I'm looking God, at the man. schedule next year. I mean, we start off with Western Michigan, then we play Washington, the second game of the season. Then, you know, our first Big Ten game, we play on the road against Wisconsin. I mean, is it going to be Cade starting that game? Like, who's going to be even starting? Man, I, this might be one of our most important spring practices uh, ever. Man, just put just put Hunter just put Hunter at quarterback. He owns Wisconsin <laughs> anyway. I just need Milton to to work out with a QB coach that's 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 not tackling children. All the hey, time. am I wrong? Wait, am I? He's not. Devin Gardner's not a QB coach. <laughs> no, no. Let me tell you something. If I went to Michigan, there's no way in hell I'm working out with Devin Gardner. 
you got Tom Brady, you got Chad, you got man. I would have called John Navarre, Drew Henson before I called David Gardner. Goodness, <laughs> I would have called Brian Greasy and said, "Come off ABC, help me." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that one video, bro that that had me in tears. I was dying. <laughs> Hey, and I didn't get a chance to ask you because you had Stuart, but uh, what's your overall, and you might have already talked about it, I know this is a little bit off topic, but what's your overall uh, ceiling for this uh, basketball team? I, w- I went to sleep yesterday and forgot about the game, and then I woke up to like 50 text messages like, Michigan dominate, 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 dominate. Yeah, man. So, like, they they were, score was 26 to 23, right? Then... Michigan goes on like some absurd run, like absurd, like forty three. Yeah, forty three to six. Yeah, which is never had. I've never seen a run like that in basketball. But especially it was, against Wisconsin, it was unreal. Like twenty three, nothing. It was unreal. It was unreal. Um, I mean, yeah, had, you might know better. So has Wisconsin even lost by thirty in a game? I mean, they they only lost by twenty three. They they lost by twenty three, um, that was the that was the final, which is stupid because it's it was never uh, it was never that close. Um, I'm sure I'm sure they have in like one of those like non conference games. Is Joanna coach of the year candidate now? Oh yeah, oh yeah for sure. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, he's sure. been amazing. He is the coach. Do you, do you think that the, I saw an article a couple of days ago? I think it was uh, Seth wrote it. Do you believe that the the empty or semi-empty arenas has benefited Michigan because they're young and they're playing in that? You know, they have young players playing in important roles. No, because they only have one young player playing in an important role, and that young player is still twenty years old. I mean, they're pretty. They're a pretty old team. Man, if they had fans, Wisconsin would have lost by sixty yesterday. They would have stopped the count. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, do you? So, if the tournament is going to be a, a limited um, attendance tournament, then do you think that's going to bowl favorably for Michigan or no? No, uh, they're all in Indianapolis, right? Yeah, it's going to be like, like a bubble in Indianapolis. I think I'm going to. I mean, I, I know Indiana is a little more like conservative politically. Like, I'm sure they're going to have fans there. Yeah, they said they said there's going to be fans, just going to be limited fans. Yeah. Now, I think that's where no fans going to come and play. Where the tournament, we got the uh, lower seeds having a better chance to upset a team without playing with fans. You think so? Might not get intimidated. I think they might not. I, I think they I might not like get tur- intimidated. I feel like at the tournament, like when when you're a lower seed, like the fans really get behind that team. Yeah, I feel like whenever I go to the tournament games, I'm always rooting, and like the crowd always gets behind, like the kind of like the the hard luck team that's out there, you know, like the the, the St. Francis's or whatever that team with the sister. Oh, yeah, and then the fans from like opposing <laughs> the fans from opposing teams get into it too. 
Yeah, because you know it's split. It's usually split like four teams, or it's split like probably. So then that way, I'm just yeah, interested I to see how teams come from behind if they down by ten when the crowd usually rally that momentum switches off a dunk or something, and you create a turnover. You usually have momentum to pull your team back to uh, come back. So I'm interested to see. So how the that closer plays teams, out. the teams that have like the more emotional teams, like among them, they'll probably benefit a lot of that, right? Because they're on the sideline still, so they'll be there. They'll be their sideline impact will have a much bigger impact than it would have ordinarily. And look at the difference. Actually. I love like, seeing I'm Michigan the, yesterday on the bench. Like, they were amazing on the yeah, bench Yeah, that's why I was talking about, Dre. Look at the difference between the basketball team clapping <laughs> like, and supporting a team versus our football. Bro, if the <laughs> football team clap. Hold on, bro. Hold on, man. You can't even make that comparison. By the time the football team look up, they're down no, but still points. no, no, <laughs> or no. Like I'm no, sorry, no, no, no. <laughs> we all were sitting here. Where, I'm wondering, like, are they all on Zans? Like, what happened? Like, did they somebody poison the team dinner or something? Like, it just it. They looked Basket- out there. Man, we and, don't, and, um, our football team look like last chance you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Basketball is a little bit different, though. I mean. I I got to see. No, football is supposed to be more emotional. Football is supposed to be. I mean. Football is supposed to be that super hype thing. Like, I mean, that's the way I feel like growing up. You saw it. It was like everybody was not everybody, everybody pushing everybody in the shoulders. And true, but under Trump, like I said, everyone, you know, that's how it was. I feel like under Lloyd Carr was like that. Actually, I saw I saw LeBron James shoot a three, <laughs> turn around, look at the bench, and celebrate with the bench last night. That was great. Basketball he, no, he, just, first he said, I think he turned around, did he say, like, I'm going to make it or something first? Then he turned around, hit the shot, and then turned back around. I believe that's something like that. Yeah, that was great. My whole point down there was just the togetherness looked totally different. You could tell when a team playing with, playing for each other and playing with each other, man. That's the difference I see. That's my <laughs> Hey, Ben puts in the comments, winning helps that a lot. I agree, Ben. <laughs> when you lose them, you don't want to clap for nobody. <laughs> no, but um, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure something happened last year. It was in one of the last couple games where Michigan made a big play and Harbaugh had to beg guys to like cheer for their teammates. Yeah, I read an article about that. Yeah, Gus. I forget who said that at the Fox game. Gus and all had to, they was talking about it during the game while it was happening. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, this is a slight um, pivot or whatever, but I just wanted to know what you guys thought about it because I hadn't had a chance to talk to people who are really into college football. What do y'all think about the way targeting is enforced right now? It's horrible. I think, I, it's too inc- I think it's too inconsistent. And do you think, think the remedy of expulsion is like an appropriate remedy like all the time? No, I think no. it should be treated like basketball has flagrance. Um like if if it's definite if it's like like you're launching your body through the air like a missile and you're like definitely trying to like hurt someone, yeah, be ejected. But just based off of poor tackling one time should not warrant an ejection. I just think that's crazy. I, I think it's crazy. That play that the kid from Bama got kicked out on when he hit Jordan uh, Battle. Blast from the past. Yeah. Yeah, when he hit uh Rucker, I was like, wait, so what is he supposed to do in that situation? 
Your instincts tells you to drop your head. The dude is six foot four. He's shorter than him. His instinct is telling him to drop his head. Well, and that's the way that these most of these young men have been taught for a really long time. On a time, I mean, I, when did the switch come? Because I feel like I have a brother who's he's a lot younger than me, but that's the way he was taught to tackle. He's now he would be, I guess, he would be in the NFL right now if he could continue playing. So when did the change come in coaching? Where they said, okay, you now have to start tackling this way. Like, are there some young men who are playing college football right now who learn how to play football tackling the other way? I don't know. So I don't even think it's about the, the form necessarily. Like, there are plays that happen in football where guys cannot react any other way than, like, the way that they are. And sometimes that ends up in targeting. And is it intentional? No. But, like, to Ant's point, like, doesn't mean they should be thrown out of the game because their helmet makes contact or because it looks like they launch. Like, it's crazy. Well, it's just so subjective, man, because they didn't call the targeting against the the Ohio State that. defender that, that broke Devontae Smith's fingers. You can't tell what, what it's, when it's going to be or when it's not. And then they look at it for a long time. They, it seems like there's a, a bias towards, of course, they, like we call it in soccer, like there's a, a bias towards confirmation. So whatever the first call is is what they, they usually are mm-hmm. going to reiterate because they're the ones reviewing their own calls. But, like, I just I hate mean, we've it. All, we've I think all it really is one of the though. worst elements of the game right now. And it's, yeah, like, something that's entirely, hits. like, creative. Yeah, I agree with Ant because this should be like a flagrant one, like targeting one, targeting two, because first of all, these players are not getting paid like the NFL. They're not getting paid at all. Then you got the championship game. This player got set out the whole game. He should be able to set out one to three plays or a half or quarter something. And then it's just terrible that the players work so hard. They playing during the COVID season. They can't see their family and friends. Then they get one mistake and they out the game. That's just ridiculous. And they'll never get that back. You know what I mean? And yeah, and it's it's just it's sense. terrible. You see them crying, walking out. It's just like, oh my god! Like I I I, I can't imagine. The, of all the, the NCAA does a crap ton of terrible things, um, and consistently does, and will continue to, I suspect, for as long as it exists until it's abolished because it's a, a cartel. But like that, that, was that is one of the worst. game when that play happened. That was like a big deal <laughs> at the time. Yeah. It was huge. the The other question I have is, what do y'all think? How is Michigan going to be prepared to help the um, the players with the name, image, and likeness? Because I know I feel like that's going to be something that's going to differentiate programs and really be a big recruiting advantage for some. And Mark Emmert, I believe he tabled that. I think Mark Emmert uh, hasn't put that through, um, based off of what he recently said. So they haven't, they haven't even, started, like, and like there's nothing because I've heard yet. some other schools already have like whole departments like were, like set up to help the players like maximize their income that they can earn through it and mm-hmm. like enhance their social media profile and everything like that. You're saying Michigan has nothing? Well, I probed something, and then yeah, so like it's, it's going to be the, an NCAA wide thing now. He did say that. Um, he said that you know there's been a delay on it. But he does say that you know, you know, there there are going to be uh, changes in the future. It's just a matter of when, honestly. But to your question, though, delay, uh, delay, it's delay, gonna yeah. be it's gonna be big. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be big um, because you have to understand that, like, 
you know, like you can the amount be of be honest, the Ash, amount of you play, so go ahead, be straight transparent with us. <laughs> the amount of the amount of money to be made is wild. Is one, two. Um, I've said this for the last couple years. Um, if you're in sports and you're and you are youth growing up, you need to start your own Instagram page. You need your you you need an IG, and you need to build your brand. You need to build something that's not Twitter, but it's like whether it's like YouTube or it's Instagram, anything like that, because companies pay so much money just for you to post something with their brand on it. Like what's his, what's her name? Kendall. Okay. So Kendall Jenner, right? She posted, she posted a orange square, an orange square. She got wired a quarter of a million dollars for it. That's actually, that's actually like a, a, a discount for her posting. Normally she's like a million bucks for a post. Yeah. So it's just so the whole point. Yeah. Right. So if, 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 you know, uh, if someone wants you to, you know, wear a shirt during an interview or they want you to, you know, post something to your IG and they're going to pay you 10, 15 grand. Like, no, it's wild. It's what there's, there's so much money out, out there to be made. And I don't think people understand it. Um, the type of money that you can make just being, um, on social media. Like, yeah, I mean, with Michigan having such a huge network and alumni network and, and such a great business school there, you would think that they would already be ahead of the game and have already like the preeminent name, image, and likeness marketing agency kind of already set up there. Now, I know the university itself and they cannot basically broker the deals, but um, there's there should be, there's definitely like some very interesting ways in which like the school itself is going to be the schools that are best at doing this and at facilitating the athletes ability to generate these monies are going to like way distance themselves against the other ones. And that's one way, like, I know we were talking earlier about like, you know, can Michigan ever catch Ohio state? You know, that's, this is to me a seismic shift that's going to happen in college sports. And so you're talking about like openings, like there happened maybe once in a generation. I think this is one way where Michigan could, should be able, like we, like there's no reason why Michigan cannot be the number one school at this. Like that's everything a, about it. We should be. It should I be a part of a, your recruiting pitch. It should be a part of the pitch. Like, Hey, maybe we can't broker deals, but, we're going to make sure that you're that you'll be verified on every platform which automatically boosts your social media page. Hey, so do you believe so I guess this is a question for for you and do you think that this you know we always have people that that claim about, you know, people getting paid under the table. Do you think that this levels the playing field? Because I'm going to be honest with you. Schools like Texas, what's going to stop the local dealership from paying uh, Sam? I know he's about to graduate, but Sam Ellinger, $20,000 to come do a commercial for him. Nothing. I, I think it needs that's to even, be that's the whole track. point. 
That's the point of it. I think there's there's some there's been I think there'll be some they're still working on finalizing the regulations for it, of course. Yeah, but yeah, there'll yeah. probably need to be some correlation to like what is a reasonable payment based on like the nature of the the action that's the endorsement. But the nature of of endorsements like that are that they are can be like really wild and outsized, right? It's based on your own your 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 brand's belief and what that person can do for you. So if Coke wants to come to um, to 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 Devin Donovan Edwards and say, hey, we we'd love to put you in an ad and have you be the face of our new athletic uh, water brand. Um, who's to say what the, what that should be valued at? Well, right, is valued. So, so, well, hold on, so, so Ashley. So I think you're spot on with that. And the thing I think a great example is is Adrian Nunez right now, who like does not play on the basketball team, like literally is a bench warmer right now, but he's got like a million followers on TikTok, and. You know, would he have a million followers if he was at maybe another school and didn't have the popularity of being a Michigan basketball player? Like, maybe, maybe exactly. not. But, but the thing is, is now that he does have a million followers, like, he can basically garner more interest from, from like, sponsors and stuff like that because he has that platform. Exactly. He can yeah, do like whatever he wants now. Yeah, I agree with so you. Basically, I, feel like, I feel like it's not going to be an even playing ground because – it's going to be like teams like Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama. The the big schools are going to be able to win because you got a bigger platform and everything. Like exactly. That so they TV can say they can say like, "Hey, listen, you come here, we can promote you better, we can get you more followers, and then in turn, you'll be able to make more money because you you have a bigger audience." Right. And I was, I'm saying Michigan should be able to do that better than Ohio State. That's one thing that we should be able to do. Better that's than not Ohio. Should be able to. <laughs> We yeah, I say should be able to we do it. But I, I guess it then reminds me of what they just went through in a the AU Nike scandal is basically what's gonna happen now is Nike is gonna come in, Jordan is gonna come in and say, Hey kid at the AAU level, now we really can pay you, but you gotta pick one of these schools. So now you're gonna see a lot now of you all something in Darnell. You all now you're gonna now. see kids clustering up schools like all these schools are going to be Nike. Or all these schools are going to be Adidas because hey, dog, that's, yeah. dog, that's how it already yeah, is. That's how it already is. That's already like that. When it comes to hoops, that's how it's like. I'm not sure about football, but when it comes to basketball, um, like if you look at the class of 2020, I want to say, like of the top 25, I believe. Um, I believe like 24 of the top 25 either went pro or went to a school that was Nike. And that's, and that's not a, like, that's, coincidence. Not, a, that's not a coincidence. <laughs> no coincidence. You know sir. what I mean? Well, no, no, you know no. That's I mean? what I was asking. So now you'll probably get the same thing from football. It's because, like, think about J.J. McCarthy or that kid that's down here in Texas, the number one quarterback in the nation. If I'm Nike, I'm like, bro, make sure you go to a Nike school. And we're going to give you 50 grand. We're going to give you 100 grand to be the face of Nike. Yeah, easy. That's easy. That's easy money, man. That's easy money. Um, one One thing that, you know, these – these athletes have learned over the last few years, especially is that they're more in control than what 
they thought in the past, if that makes sense. Like they're they're they are in much more control of themselves, um, and they're more in control of the narrative, um, uh, than what than what they previously than what they previously thought. And a lot of that is because of of these uh, NBA players. Yeah, you know, basketball. A lot is of these the guys. A lot of these NBA guys are, you know, you you saw it today where James Harden gets gets traded to the Nets, um, and they didn't give up Kyrie or KD for him. Um, you know, you have the NBA players, and this is a lot about LeBron and Clutch and what they've been doing, and you know they're giving the power to the players and. Um, and you're starting to see that throughout these generations now where, you know, these kids are growing up like, you know, like I have the power. Nobody can really dictate what I do. And I'm going to make the most out of the situation that I put myself in. So you have somebody like a Mikey Williams that might not ever need to ever play basketball in the NBA to ever actually like capitalize. To yeah, you could have Drake. Drake used him as a promo. <laughs> yeah, like for, yeah. for his album. Like, I mean, yeah. The thing, the thing is the the power, the power, the players have been getting exploited this whole time. So I don't really call it a power shift. It's really a power reclamation that needs to have yeah. a to begin with because. I still just, as I can even say, I still don't understand any system that's based on like free and exploitive labor, yeah, or underpaid labor, or even a system such as the NBA, even where the players are well played. Where I still believe, I still believe that they're exploited because there's no need to, there's no need for them to have a system of owners. They should have a players' collective and they can operate their own league. Um, but I do love the shifts. I do think it's interesting that it's coming from basketball. I think it's interesting when you think about it. Um, the nature of the kids who play football still today versus the kids who play basketball, I've just found, cause I've just been trying to get, learn more about like kind of what are the, the demographics of high school sports. And you yeah. find way more impoverished kids still playing football. You don't find a lot of like way less middle-class parents, even allow their kids to play football. Um, so you're having more educated parents come into basketball. They're already like, looking at this as a business, they're already thinking like, okay, and they're not sitting there thinking, okay, my kid is just going to be exploited by some coach. Um, right. Versus I look at football, it it's a lot more uh, impoverished people, a lot more single parent, parent families um, where there's still going to be, I think, a slower process for change, especially given that the NFL itself, their players association is still really woeful. Um. And, oh yeah, we don't we, we don't need to look any further. Like Josh Christopher's like where we can look right there. You know, like that that's that's a guy who like understood the whole the whole business of like brand management, like when to post, like how to yeah. milk a commitment. Yeah. Like he knew every intricate detail of how to gain clout, gain followers, and build a brand. And like you know, he didn't end up going to Michigan, but he he pulled the Michigan fan base in so that we remember that guy's name <laughs> for a long, long time. And more reasons, all I see is more reasons why our football program have no excuse to win in the future. Because this all getting set up for them to recruit better, to win everything. Because especially in the city, in the Michigan, in the city of Detroit, 
there's no recreation centers open like I used to be for these people to go play basketball. That's why you see so many football players now. Like it's turned to a football state. People going to Cass, Belleville, West Bloomfield, River Rouge, because the access to play football is more opportunity there than they don't have an opportunity to get going out to school and finding a recreation center to go play basketball, like how St. Cecilia used to be open and stuff. The opportunity is less than none in these urban neighborhoods. So for Michigan, all I see is more opportunity for them with all this stuff that's coming. I hope they get it. I hope they get it. I mean, this might be the one little break they get. It's not too often that you have a major rule change that allows things to be disrupted. And so <laughs> for for reasons both, I think, for player equity and for my desire for us to, <laughs> to be like <laughs> You either do that or you break the rules, one or the other, right? <laughs> that or what, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. At this point, though, it's got to change. So, yeah. But oh, interesting. Interesting talk. I had a question about the defense side of the ball. Do y'all want to see Dexton Hill stay at safety, or do y'all want to see him get moved to corner? His own scheme is being ran with this new defensive coordinator. I mean, nobody knows what type of scheme he's planning on running. If it's just going to be his scheme along, I heard that he might be a co-defensive coordinator, so just just appears. I'm, I'm like, Ant, I really want to know what's going on with Zordich because I I, I thought that Michigan might have had a chance with Jackson and, and Will Johnson. Now I'm pretty sure Jackson is probably going to stay out west and probably go to USC. I hope he goes to USC and not Ohio State, but we'll have to see in the next coming, you know, when he decides to pull the trigger. But I'm really interested to see what happens with Zordich. I want to have a better use of our safety. I mean – I, I do feel like he's underutilized at the safety role. You know, he was one of our better defenders, but does he have the speed to play corner, you think? He was our best corner last year. I mean, this past I know. But... Yeah, he got the speed to play corner. But that doesn't that doesn't be safe. I mean, our our defensive secondary was pretty Destin Hill's our best defensive athlete. He could play he could play corner. But I I what you don't know about it depends the scheme. It depends on the scheme. Yeah, I, I'm, I just worry about where we headed in this, but I guess we just signed Harbaugh to five more years. So, hey, got to sit there and wait, figure out what's going on. I don't know. Thank God for this basketball success right now with Jawan Howard because it took me out of my concussion <laughs> protocol. <laughs> Shout out to the basketball team. I, I, I do think that they, they – No, no wait. Would you say – was this – is this – I don't know. Historically, maybe. Is there been a worse Michigan football season ever than this one? Yes. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. When? When? When Steve Brady. Three was our oh, quarterback. Oh, the, the lost um, Appalachians. No. The, no. Brady – Rich Rod. Oh, Rich Rod. Rich Rod. Rich Rod. I mean, Rod. Are you? I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I'm sorry. I blacked that out. I blacked Ashley, that have out. you forgot? I don't think no, I'm hailing no, back. You know, it's, a, it's a repressed memory. It's a repressed memory. Lost, lost the mayor. Lost the uh, no, the uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But this one was, okay, so yeah, that but was this bad. Was, this was way, this was This was way, more demoralizing, though, don't you think? This was different. This was. Hey, man. No. It's the first year in. Uh, what's it? Ten years? No, nine years, eight years that we didn't lose to Ohio State. So 
I'm I'm taking the positives, baby. We held Ohio State to zero points. <laughs> we ducked yeah. Ohio State, like, and we led Alabama <laughs> at halftime too. <laughs> we, 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 we we waved a white flag on a like a college football game. Like that's hey hey, I don't I don't I can't confirm nor deny that we waved a white flag. No, we did. That's just, I mean that, that we would never we'll never have even if we beat Ohio State three years in a row, they're always going to remind us of that. I don't care what they remind us. That's they fine with me up. because this. The fact that they didn't play us this year is driving them crazy, and yep. I, I oh, love. Oh, they lost okay. the national I, I, championship, I the and they didn't play. I feel like you gotta take it like a. Well, I'm not gonna say take it like a man, but I think you gotta, you gotta, you gotta fall, you gotta let the chips fall as they fall. I, I hate to say, I hate to say this. Now I've been so mad. I was thinking about how Maryland failed on that two point conversion that would have sent us to the Big Ten championship automatically. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Scott. <laughs> Scott Bell tweeted out two days ago. He says, uh, "Am I mad that Ohio State went from Urban My- from Jim Trestle to Urban Meyer to Ryan Day with no drop off?" Hell yeah, I am. But can I be mad that Michigan went from Beeline to Juwan Howard with no drop off? Nope. Two different teams. I root for one. I hate the other. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for basketball, man. Beeline left the program. Yeah, man. Great program. I mean, a great, great shape. Juwan is done. Yeah, I know. But would be cruel karma, though, if things come back and they end up canceling the tournament because and Michigan doesn't get to <laughs> That would be so. That would right? Be. With that, see, that's what I'm saying. That's the type of thing hey. that happens when you put that energy in the atmosphere. I but would, if, you could I, get his, if you could get this Big Ten season, Big Ten championship, I'll, I'll be cool with that, too. Wait a hey, minute, and, y'all. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. I feel like y'all sound like a broken people right now. Like, what you expect? I'm broken. I, I feel like my girl cheated on me so many times, and I still with her. <laughs> she said we sound like a broken people. We are broken. <laughs> we are broken. <laughs> I need to take the hey, next no, no, I, how- oh, I, I shouldn't say. I actually had, like, it's funny. I, I had a fall. I, I was sleepwalking, and I fell down my stairs, and so I, like, I went to the um to the urgent care to get like my wounds and my my face got all like busted out bandages. They they had to give me like a domestic violence screening because they were like, no way that this somebody didn't hit you like no whatever. And I was like, no, I did this to myself. And um, I was joking that I used to use the expression that being a Detroit Lions fan is like feeling like an abused woman, which is a terrible joke which I would never make again. It's very insensitive. That's why I stopped being a Lions fan. Because you can't be a Michigan and a Lions. You do feel battered in a way, not in an abusive sense, but like just you keep coming back for more. Hey y'all, what would be a success in y'all mind, or what do y'all want to see that will please y'all going for next season, whether it's record wise or performance with the schedule next year? Uh, the team to have a post. And and play like they give a damn. Uh, that would be enough for me. I don't expect. I'm going in the next year. I don't expect. No, I have no expectations. I don't expect them to beat Ohio State. Uh, I would hope that we beat Michigan State, but I don't have no expect no expectations after this year. Kind of just took it all away from me. Yeah, I would like to definitely see an energetic change. I want to see the team look excited, engaged. Um, well, I want to see even if they're in tough moments, no, no like mental collapses at that time, but them still showing the ability to resolve. Uh, I think they should. I would like to see them beat Michigan State 
and they play Penn State next year too, I believe. So um, both of those teams. Um, I want to see them beat every team they should beat as well. Um, I'd like to see a bowl appearance and them play well in the bowl game, um, assuming. And I'd like to see them also um, continue the solid recruiting path. And um, I want to see the offense develop a little bit more maturity. Um, those are the things I'd like to see. Gotcha. Oh, and our defense actually, like, kind of puts some more – begins to come with a more pressure approach. Yeah. I want- I'd like to see some sacks this year. Some yeah, sacks I- would be good. I want to see a quarterback take over the job. And I want to see developed leadership. Who's going to stand out and break away, lead the team, develop leadership, and develop a co- reestablish a culture in the team and stuff. And obviously, I feel like I don't care how bad we is. I want to beat Michigan State every year. I know we might not beat the team at Columbus every year, but I, but I want to beat Michigan State every year. That's I want to beat Michigan State next year and just to establish a culture, like you said, on there, like effort and a post, man. Get back. We got. I know we got to take baby steps, but I want to start taking steps on the field in the win column. Nothing need more victories. It's time to like start winning. Did McCarthy early enroll? I believe that is the he was, he was supposed, supposed to. to. Yeah, I believe that's the plan. He's supposed to. Interesting. Um, and can you make sure? I know you 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 know you don't talk to him a lot, but can you pass along to basketball that? Uh, because we lost to Michigan State and didn't play Ohio State, they got to beat them by a combined sixty points. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's payback. Like I have to throw that in MSU fans. Be like, yeah, we it's lost like the a football, parlay. You feel like we you can know still y'all play basketball superiority if we beat them in basketball, even though we lost. Yeah, game. we got to because like when hey, when hey. Michigan was down, even when they was when they were down and when we were down in basketball and we beat them in football, Michigan State fans, oh, we win national championships in basketball. All right, buddy. The Aunt. tables have turned. Hey, Ant, do me one favor. Please let me know when you do a basketball locker room if Jawan Howard win a championship because Tom Izzo is in trouble right now if Howard get one championship under his belt. Because he already, this state of Michigan, I'm telling you, all these high school coaches love Jawan Howard. But if Izzo, I mean, if Howard get a title and Izzo still sitting on that one title, Izzo is in trouble. I already think he's in trouble now, but he's going to be in big time trouble. Please let me know about that. <laughs> Izzo looks stressed, man. He looks stressed out there. Because the boogeyman coming Ooh, from him, he thought he, he had a, he thought he had an opening when Beeline left, and it looked like it's going to get worse. I mean, because look at the team. Look at the, the – I mean, the recruiting class next year is bananas. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Uh, I also to- – to Izzo's defense, I I really like uh, the guys that he has coming into. I really do like those guys. But this year, I mean, for this current um, class, uh, coming in for twenty twenty one. Okay. Yeah, man. So because their their issue right now is their backcourt, and and he has three studs coming in for the backcourt. One is a five star, and, and Max. Christy, he's real, real nice. Uh, Jaden Akins is nice, and Pierre Brooks is also nice. Um, and they need those guys bad. Jaden Akins could probably start there right now. What do you think about? I know you got to wrap it up, but uh, do you think that uh, what's the kid's name? 
You, do you think the Chets is going to Gonzaga? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a done deal. I think that's a done deal. I do think it's. Uh, I do think it's. It's funny after every Michigan game, there's like a like a segment of fans that goes, "I hope Chet is watching this or something stupid." Well, no, it's, it's, it's the fans. I think that that's go a attack, good deal. Uh, Josh Christopher, and they'd be like, "Hey, bro, uh, how you liking it at Arizona State? Now? You good? You, you good? Right? You good?" <laughs> no, but it's uh, uh. Yeah, they uh Yeah, their their class coming in is very, very complimentary. And Chet is I think that's uh a done deal. I'm excited about where about the route that he goes for the class of twenty twenty two. Brian? the route goes through Brownie. You said what? Through Brownie. Bronny is twenty twenty three. Twenty three. That's why he's twenty twenty three. Yeah, I don't think Bronny. I, I, I to be honest with you, I don't think Bronny's gonna see a college campus. If we uh, get Bronny though, that would be so. You don't think so? He would be. We, we, he no, wouldn't. I don't think his dad's gonna. I think his dad's gonna let him go straight pro, or he's gonna let him go G League. Bronny in the G League just doesn't have the same yeah. swag. Although we'll see what I don't know. We'll, you got to we'll think about what we talked about earlier with the likes and it's like his game know. isn't like that though. Which yeah. his game and is you don't like think his person. game is like that to go G League, or you don't no. think that it's like no, that? No, I don't think so. I mean, have Neither. you seen those kids on the ignition? Those kids are already men out there. Brownie still like looks like a person who would develop in college. Yeah, right. but he only in the I mean, he's only in the tenth grade though. Still got two years of growth. Yeah, but where, those guys look like where that. He's in at, grade. Where he's at now, I mean, he you know he would be, he, you know, he would be a. For sure, college person. For sure. For sure. Bronny is not like a uh, like uh, a one and done type of, like type of Bates. prospect. Yeah, he's not like you know, and Amani. He's not like uh, Elijah Fisher. He's not like uh, Mikey Williams or or uh, DJ Wagner. Like his his game is not like that yet. He doesn't start. That's the that's the number one indication, right? He's a start on his high school team. I think he does start this year. Yeah, he started this I year. I mean his, his start, team last start. year was loaded though. He didn't start last year, but yeah, last last year's Sierra Canyon team was nuts. Yeah, they was loaded, bro. And the year they before that, they were they were loaded too. Well so yeah. July think, has has deep recruiting ties in Chicago too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he does. Yes, he does. Uh, and uh, he's on a kid named AJ Casey, who's real, real nice. Who's real, real nice. How long do you think we get to keep we we can hold him before he gets called back up to the league? Uh, Jeff Goodman was on here with with me last night, and that's what he talked about. He was talking about how um, you know you know NBA teams will probably start calling him as early as this at the end of this year. He's a purpose-driven call. He has work to do. He's there to, to bring the flair back, bring the legacy back. So I think he would not leave before accomplishing the mission that he set out to accomplish. 
Right. And, you know, like, like I kind of told Jeff, I was like, I was like, it's, uh, to one of those, those uh, things where, you know, Ward has to probably extend Jawan sooner than later to like lock him in. And it's not really a money thing. It's a commitment thing. Cause he's not hurting for, for uh, cash. You know, he was uh-huh. one of the first, he was, he's either one of the first or the first person to sign a nine figure contract in the league. So, um, he's not hurting for, uh, for a change. That's Do you think Beeline wishes he can't? He could. He could ever take that decision back. Nah. No. Nah, I don't think so. Really? Even yeah. the way it played out. No, um, because that was a challenge for him. Because he's coached at every level and he succeeded at every one except the NBA. Um, and I, for for some reason, I don't think he's done coaching either. Um. But if you if you if you look at his history, right? His history showed that he he doesn't stay more than five years anywhere. At Michigan, he stayed for what ten, eleven years, exactly, or more than that, like <laughs> oh, like twelve or something. Yeah. So he loved Michigan. He loved it, but I mean, he more than overstayed how long he usually hangs out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just feel like sometimes, you know, you don't, you like realize that you were in your sweet spot and you don't realize it until you're gone. Yeah. And I understand always searching for greater challenges and stuff, but the great thing about coaching is it is a new challenge each year, right? I mean, it's a new crop of kids. It's a new competitive landscape. It's a new environment. It's a new set of rules, new adaptation. So, you know, you can, I, I just feel like if I'm kind of king of my domain, always doing well, it's exciting each year. They are, they, you know, they had, he had a mixed bag of teams. Some were greater than others. They wrote uh, a, a significant history of success. Then you go from there to like, maybe not saying the jump to the NBA was wrong, but to go to the Cavs organization. That yeah, that was a weird jump. Yeah. Like, that was, was a weird, weird jump for sure, but that's a part of the whole the whole challenge. And I felt like Jawan yeah. Howard had purpose too. I felt like Jawan Howard really loves that job and Michigan really wanted that, wanted this job. And I felt like he's going to be here. I felt like we're going to hear rumors every year about him, about the NBA. Unless Pat Riley come calling him again, I, I think he's here for a minute, to be honest, because I think he's in love with it. Man. So many people in the city and all the Jalen Roses, all his friends, they all got his back. I feel like he's invested in this program. I also think it worked out for Michigan, too, because certain kids, I mean, like y'all just talked about, he has ties in Chicago. I remember reading a, a article. It was like this, they, Chicago wouldn't touch Michigan when B-Line was there. Like, uh-uh. So, like, I think that you are getting a certain group of kids that you might not have gotten if B-Line was still there, right? Because they just – B-Line wouldn't have recruited those type of guys, so – I think it was a win-win for Michigan, you know. Um, Beeline went to the Cavs because that was probably the best that he could do at the time. And, you know, it just didn't work. Unfortunately, the team just didn't get behind him like they probably should have. You know, uh, you know what yesterday was, too. I mean, 
And Scott Bell posted uh, on Twitter. He said, 12, 20 months ago today, John Bean, I love Michigan. And Michigan hired Jawan Howard to coach a team that had his three best player leave early. It entered year one unranked, and rival Michigan State was preseason number one. But one team has a better record since being on love, and it's not Michigan State. <laughs> I love it. You're right. That is like the most. That's like the most positive thing that's actually been occurring this whole like year. This 2021 is Michigan basketball. They're like the they're they're the beacon. I guess our whole athletic department. I guess our whole athletic department probably like happy because of the basketball. You got a popular basketball program right now, and you got a traditional football program. So from t- all our sports at Michigan traditionally does well. So he probably happy on that type. I just feel like we in a reversal of this is what Michigan was. Athletics was 20 years ago. You had a popping football team and you had a traditional basketball team that was coming out of sanctions. And it was kind of like, uh, we okay in basketball, but we can get it done in football. And now it's like, uh, we okay in football, but we going to get it done in basketball. Yeah. I, don't think I just want Warwick gone now. I'm not a fan of Warwick now. So, um, yeah, I don't think he does the like job. Howard, that's the one. The one negative result of Jawan Howard. Is you, he's, it, he's insulating. Is Lord. you basing that on Harbaugh because you wanted Harbaugh gone, or you saying overall? You, um, not even just that I wanted him gone, but the management style, the commu- the lack of communication. Like, I mean, Michigan is a public institution, and like, there's paying these people a lot of money to spend like the public's dollars, and so I think he owes like accountability to actually explain kind of what's going on and to help us to understand like his decision making process. And One I thing he know Harbaugh didn't lie. Harbaugh did say he was coming back. <laughs> <laughs> he did. I can't stand. <laughs> I can't stand Ward, man. I'm not gonna I, let I, somebody I really put me on hold for like six months and then come back to me and be like, "All right, cool." Like, yeah, I'll do like that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I just that's just not me. That's not my style. Like, if if we're not cool, we're not rocking, and y'all can't, then all right, bye. Like, I'm gone. So to me, it seems like Harbaugh kind of put Ward on hold for like a while. And Ward just sat there patiently waiting, tapping his foot. And I'm like, uh, hello, this is Michigan. Like, I, I, think, I think Kyle just said it best. The best thing Manu has done is hire Jawan, and he didn't even want to do it. He didn't want to do it. Yeah, he had to, yeah, he had to be forced he to do it. He had an Ivy League coach as, his, uh, as the number one candidate. His style is all off to me. Like, it's like he just he doesn't have any swag, and that filters down to the whole program. Like the LB program and within the whole but, thing and stuff. but this deal with Harbaugh did show me that Harbaugh want to win at his all minor. Like he is important for him to win. He don't want to lead the program. He want to win here. It's important he knew he, he messed up. Oh wait, so wait, 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 wait. This showed you that he wanted to win. No, what has he I been feel, doing I, for I, the I, past I six like, years? No, I'm saying like I feel like I feel like he could have left, but I feel like he when he took the pay cut and stuff. Obviously, when they worked out the deal, I feel like he's investing that he really want to win here. Even though he take a lot of slack and everything, credit that he don't he could take the heat. But I feel like he do want to win here, man. Man, like, I think I he took know. the pay cut. I think he took the pay cut because the two jobs that he was eyeing in the NFL told him, "Hey, thanks, but no thanks. Like, we're not bringing you. We're not bringing you to the Chargers. You can give that up. Like we want a young guy." To focus on our quarterback. Darnell, do you think the players was lying when the players said that they in the recruiting Harbaugh told like I know Diamond Edwards said that Harbaugh told him that he was coming back. You no know, NFL rumors wasn't true. No matter what job opened up, he was committed. 
Now, I don't, I don't think that he, I don't think that Donovan Edwards was lying, but I don't think that Harbaugh, if his, if the team that he wanted to go to would have opened up, Harbaugh would have, Harbaugh would have took it. I think that that was the reason why he stood out was he was trying to get more money out of Michigan, and it was like, bro, we're not paying you like a top two top three coach and you bring it out you putting out four and eight seasons and you can't beat Michigan State and Ohio State. So you're gonna take this pay cut. I mean it, it really does show that's why I don't like uh I mean I really don't like Ward is because he basically gave Harbaugh uh hey take this or get the hell out contract and Harbaugh was like all right well I'll take it, but I'm going to take it on my terms when I want to take it. But was you a fan of it being a performance-based contract, though, in war defense, where he got to perform to get this? Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense, but... Uh, <laughs> that was obvious, though. That, that's not shrewd negotiation by Ward Manuel. I mean, there, his, there was no way in good conscience that he couldn't have done those things, right? And, and especially given the fact that he had a total leverage because Jim Harbaugh didn't have any other opportunities. That he was I, I, this is my honest opinion, y'all. I was just nervous about replacing Harbaugh with a coach that Ward didn't have a plan in place to replace Harbaugh plan, and bringing though. the coach Don't you think in he had a plan, and messing though. up the whole. That's the point, though, Dennis. And messing up the whole. Yeah, I, I, okay, I'm with you. Like I'm saying, like it's not like this. That's is what we pay you for. That's what he's we been pay. Underperforming you. every year he's been at Michigan. So to now know that he knew that his his contract term was coming up. Years ago, right, when he signed a deal, he's been watching him underperform this whole time. He's watching him look like a zombie on the sideline. He's watching the, the program fall into disarray. He never had any backup plan lined up whatsoever. Man, I miss just... And then he waits till this to this year to come and do and, and now try to expect some heroics to occur. Like that doesn't Man, that's Ashley, not a solid plan. Ashley, with Michigan, it seemed like it's more behind it. It's just like it's more than one person calling the shots behind closed door that But that's the problem. That's the problem. It shouldn't be that. That's what we. That's what they pay Wardy Manuel for. They pay him to make decisions like that. Like when people ask me all the time, they're like, "Well, if he fired Harbaugh, who would you want him to pick?" That's not my job. I don't get paid <laughs> right. millions of dollars to oversee an athletic department. That's what Wardy Manuel gets paid for. So he needs to make the decision and find the best person for the now, job. Now, do you know Ward contract? Why, why did he wait till this year? He should have been courting, like, alternatives. Like, even if Harbaugh was doing great, I would still be courting alternatives because, you know, Harbaugh wants to go to the NFL. So even in the best-case scenario, you would still need alternatives to have none developed that are viable at this point in time. Makes no sense. Like, it's just not even a good, just from a, a program stability standpoint, he's not doing the work that needs to be done in order to keep the to, to steward the program. Man, I saw Michigan didn't care once the recruiting uh, signing day came and they didn't release no statement. <laughs> they basically said you either come with us or you don't come with us. Basically, you, Jennifer is right. The first thing you do when you get a big win, you land a big contract, is make a great hire. It's the plan for the day that you possibly could lose that person. That's what all the big schools do. You don't think that Alabama and Georgia and Texas, look at what Texas did. Texas fired their coach and hires start, like, within 24 to 48 hours of it. It was like, yep, you gone. You're not winning, so let me go ahead and, and, and hire your replacement. That's what that's what competent ADs do. I, would, I, I, I agree with you, brother. You do, but when it's not working, you can't hold on to a person 
that's in year six, now year seven, he can't beat one of his rivals consistently, who I think we have better talent than, and you don't win none of you don't win against Ohio State at all. You're not even competitive the last three years you're in play. Think anybody here is saying like just have have a hair trigger, right? I mean, clearly, I, I mean, I I I've, I believe that Harbaugh has had had ample opportunity, and I'm not even just talking about the specific huge coaching failures that I've seen, but like just actually seeming engaged, actually creating a, a spirit of encouragement and 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 of excitement among the players. Like he's not even doing the basic things that you would expect a high school coach to do. A lot of times. So that in addition to like just what seems like a lot of late late game, terrible play calling, which is what he's getting paid the money to do. That's what he's there for is to make big to make big calls at the end of the games. He's fumbled almost every single opportunity he's had to show his coaching expertise at that level. And so it kind of comes down to, is he really a good coach? Did he just have a good season? Uh. Brody, just to answer your question, I'm not arguing for Matt Campbell, but you can't make the statement of nobody's beating Ohio State because they've lost to lesser teams, and those lesser teams, you've I, beaten. And how like, Northwestern played in the Big Ten <laughs> Championship game. Northwestern played a closer game than Michigan has played in the past three years. Wisconsin has played them close. Purdue beat them. I will, put 50, I will put 55 on them. <laughs> Michigan State beat them with a third-string quarterback. In Columbus. In Columbus, at night on the road, with fans. So you can't you can't make that argument and tell me that nobody is beating them because they're getting beat. We're just not beating them. Yeah, right now, the best thing Michigan had to do is look at themselves in the mirror. <laughs> this, this is what this year is all about. Look at yourself in the mirror and fix it. I don't care what y'all do, whether you got to cut your hair, whether you got to curl your hair, y'all need to fix this look. <laughs> I don't care what they do coming into September next year. They better fix this, man. They better fix this. That's all I'm saying. I know he got the five-year contract, so this is what we got. This is what we got to roll with. So I just want to see them win at the end of the day. I don't care what they do. I don't care if he... Got three ten win seasons out of six years. I don't care what it is, but we got to perform, man. They get less than seven wins this year. Then he got to go buy the contract out. He's gone. I don't care what happens. I blow the whole program up. It's just I can't, from a psychological standpoint, deal with this like abject mediocrity anymore. It doesn't even look right in Michigan colors. This is terrible. No, that's it. That's why he negotiated that that low buyout. He's got to use it. Now, I'm, I question whether he has the cojones to do so. We shall see. All right. On that note, I uh, appreciate you guys coming in. So we've gone almost two hours <laughs> just, you know, talking about um, just uh, talking about this whole football situation. And uh, I do appreciate you guys coming in. Um, we'll see about the next locker room. Oh, big shot. Mac McGlung just hit a dagger on Texas. Jeez. I see it. I'm watching that. Yeah. Texas Blue. Who are they playing? Texas Tech. Ooh, wow. Ooh, wow. 
well. Yeah, you feel better. Take care of yourself. Steam, 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 yeah, steam, steam. We wish you well. Citrus, we citrus, well. citrus, and steam. Those are the, those are your two best friends right now. <laughs> Trying. Not Trying. just Gatorade. I know that you're gonna. I know that it seems like it's helping you, but you need actual just citrus, just like stuff on orange slices, like they do in when you're in high school, middle middle school basketball. Right. And steam as much steam as you can take. Most definitely. Please, steam. Steam is key. Keep your lungs open and do your breathing exercises. I got something that might make you feel better, Ant. What's up? Hey, hey. (laughs) 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 Yeah, crazy, man. I'm about to hop off, man. I thought I was about about to hear somebody. Man, oh, right. tank, tank for Kate. Hopefully, the hopefully the Pistons take for the number one pick. I'm not a Pistons fan, but I would love to see something nice for Detroit. So mm-hmm. hopefully they keep losing. All right, I'll see y'all, man.